We don't need them to make us great. We make ourselves great. The hater is going to come. You got to win, hater or not. In fact, the reason they hated them was because they won. What are you going to do? Not win? It's like the like he says, <laughs> like your, your success took a shot at you. What are you going to do? Be unsuccessful? You, you're going to choose unsuccess? It's literally impossible for me to not get us to the next level. It, it, it is because it, it's not in my nature. I don't know what it looks like to not execute because I see my parents do it. And then for my kids, when I get us to the next level, they're going to help get us to that next level because literally we're going to become like all these other families out here, like the Rothschilds, like the Kennedys, like the Walton, because that's what it's about. Each generation putting each other forward. Like, it's insane. It's insanity to want to make your kid start at zero when you can put them at level 10, level 20, level 100. Tweet Talk episode 96. It's lit. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Millionaire himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Man, I said it's lit. This is episode 96, also known as episode Tesla, also known as episode Giannis. I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. I think to them, man. No, I don't know. I don't know how to say it either. I don't know. I really it. wanted um I wanted Phoenix to win it, low key. You know what's you know what's funny, man? You just said, even though you said like a couple of episodes back you were gonna stop saying it's lit, is like you you took the cue. I said tweet to episode ninety-six and you just came through with it's lit. You know, and I think it's cause I'm feeling good. You know, we just had a good mastermind, I'm feeling kind of lit. And I was so. just gonna say we had a speaker in the mastermind last night and he was talking about one of his catchphrases. And he said after a while he kind of got like tired of saying it, but it's like people kind of look for it. Yeah. So he, um I don't got anything to say about that, but I will say that this episode is sponsored by William Adair Shades. Make sure you check them out. And it's also sponsored by Noble Supply Brushes. So check them out. Yep, yep, yep. So it's I episode, didn't forget that. episode 96 of Tweet Talk the Black Wealth Podcast with your host, myself, Raphael. You can follow me on Twitter at Work Money Life. And of course, as always, my co-host, Charles Oglesby III, JD, aka Todd Millionaire, as he's more he's commonly known. He's say the JD. You can follow him on Twitter at Real Todd Billion. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Tweet Talk Pod. That's P-O-D. And what we do here is we discuss tweets, break them down, and talk about building black wealth. And tonight, special guest. we have a guest by the name of Henry Goss, a.k.a. better known as Henry Amazing, without the G. Follow him on Twitter at Henry Amazing, minus the G. Welcome to the show, Henry. Man, what's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? It's Henry Amazing. I'm excited to be here. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to No Supply. Man, shout out to the mastermind. Shout out to the mastermind. It's a gold mine in the mastermind. It's a gold mine in the mastermind, man. Woo. Can't start any better than that. And if you don't know what he's talking about, folks, he's talking about the Todd Capital Business Development Mastermind created by Todd Milley himself. And it's just growing every day. Where we just help people build six and seven figure businesses. We hold each other accountable. We have four calls a week. We have expert guest speakers coming in at least once a week. We're doing it, man. Creating products creating alliances, collaborating, doing it. Come join the mastermind. Link will be in the bio. Now, Henry, uh, introduce yourself to people who know who 
you are, man. Fit, fit. What's up, y'all? I am Henry Goss Jr., better known as Henry Amazing. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a podcast host. Shout out to the Amazing Podcast. And I'm just a, and I'm a content strategist. And I'm just a guy from Jackson, Mississippi, who decided to believe in himself and take all out massive action to make it happen. Mm, mm, mm. Well, <laughs> welcome, Henry, man. Known you for a short time, but you made an impact. Henry always brings the energy. And today is Wednesday when we record this, or as Henry might call it, Wednesday, because it's always a win. Yes. All we do is win in the mastermind. Big facts. Big facts. So I'm guessing the NBA Finals is over, Charles? Yes, the, the uh, NBA Finals are over, which is a good thing. But you know, the world can't give you too much of a break. And so the NFL is coming back and like, <clears throat> actually, the Olympics are like in two weeks. So we got the Olympics. I think it started like August 8th. Mm, okay. And then uh, we have the um, NFL season starts like August 22nd or something. So like the first game of the season starts in August 22nd, which now that I think about it, might not be the best time. I think it's, it might be later than that because I'll be out of town August 22nd. Mm. Oh, man. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> I got so much stuff going on. But yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of what you got going on, brother, we call this one, we call this one episode Tesla. Episode Tesla is lit. Because you finally got your delivery. Yes, man. They're trying to trying to play your boy. What was that um, like? I ordered the car. They said it was going to be delivered. As, they said, which the whole process of getting pushed back. Oh, no. Um, I mean, the delivery. Like, well, the whole process, really. Yeah, the whole process. I mean, I just woke up one day. I was like, you know what? My car is out here on Turo. I need to, uh, I need to, I need transportation. Like, I, I need, I need a car. And so it was cool because by being a producer, it gave me access to an abundance of things to produce. And so that's one thing that I've realized is like when you are like somebody who feeds people, you never go hungry. If you're somebody who gives transportation to other people, you'll always have transportation. And so, like I said, one car pays for the other cars and it also pushed me to get other cars. Otherwise, I might have been talking about it and thinking about it for the longest time. And so by me putting myself in a position where I didn't have a transportation, I was literally for like two weekends just, just sitting in the house, just like twiddling my thumbs because as they were pushing it back, I had to still live. Like the first time they pushed it back, it was the 4th of July. I was supposed to be delivered on the 4th of July. They hit me up like it'll be here on the 13th. That's two weeks or like a week and a half almost. I was upset. I was very mad. And because uh, that whole time I didn't have transportation. And so I was taking Ubers and taking trains and it was just like a really inconvenient type of deal. And and uh, then on the morning of the 13th, they hit me up and they're like, oh, man, it's going to take us another seven days. So I'm over here like looking forward from the 4th of July to the 13th, which is nine days. I was on pins and needles like I can't wait. I can't wait. I need to get my car. Once it's here, I'm going to be so happy. And then on the 13th to wake up and they're like, no, I was very upset. And then on the 13th, I was like, you know what? All right. I have no other choice. But I actually went online to buy a Tesla direct from Tesla. And there's like a six week actual like manufacturing time. It's like six to 11 weeks manufacturing time. So I was like, well, I mean, I only got to wait a week to get it from, from uh, Carvana. And so I waited from the 13th to the 20th. And um, I was just calling them. Like when the 13th thing happened, mm. the, the manager gave me his number. And so I was just contacting the manager directly. I wasn't contacting customer service. I literally call him, text him, like, what's the status? What's the status? What's the status? And so like the day before I hit him up, he was like, we well, should be good to go. The day of hit him up. He's like, I'm one minute away. And then it pulled up and I was like, my car is here, man. It was so exciting. It was everything I remembered it. Cause remember I, I rented a Tesla in Detroit like a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. And so that experience let me realize like, this is dope, man. Like I like this car, the technology that goes into it. I got Spotify on there. It has all these cool little features and tweaks and 
Um, I love it. People, when they see you, they're like, oh, man, this dude has a Tesla. It's like a black dude in a Tesla. I don't really expect that too much. So I've had it for about a day now and I like it. And also, um, yeah, it's just a cool experience. I'm just happy to have it. Yeah, man. That's cool. Episode Tesla. So you had a tweet. Let's get right into it. I think it's very much connected. You said you got to live rich before you get rich. <laughs> Man, it's funny because I always tell people like the things that I did before I like did well and I accomplished my goals are the same things. And I realize that every time I go out there and play golf and smoke cigars and drink scotch and wear polos and like just live a very refined life. Like I did this before I got there. And so like it's not a switch. I don't got to be, be somebody different. I'm just mm. I order the same thing. And I think that's important because you have to act as if it's inevitable. And if you act as if it's inevitable, you'll walk into it. And what also is going to happen is you're going to put yourself in the circles where you're going to get that information. You're going to get that wisdom. You're going to get that game. And that's what's going to help you get there. Like I've always known dead set, like this is where I want to be. This is where I want to go. And so now I do got to go a lot harder because I want to stay and do other things. But I would just say that as a principle, like I think that if you desire to have an abundant life, you have to hang around certain spaces, you have to engage in certain activities, and you have to have the mindset that it's coming. So that was the point of that tweet. What you say, Henry? No, nah, he's ex- he's absolutely right because a lot of people they want things right. Even me, I used to be guilty of this. I had desires, but I never experienced them. Right. So when you never experience a desire, you never give yourself a chance to actually see feel touch really just be in that moment because once you experience it and you experience something you truly want then you're going to take the necessary actions to make it happen and obtain what it is you want right i think that's what it is i really feel like that's what it is is the experience pushes the actions and for anybody who's ever really accomplished anything it's like um the guy jamal nine to five millionaire always says it's like you can only grow as big as what you experience and so i tell Mm. people you got to get you got to experience it before you can even can afford it. I tell people we went to the Mercedes Benz dealership years before we could afford it. And then when we could afford it, we still went multiple times before you got to get in the space. You got to experience it. You got to feel it. You got to drive the car and that's what's going to get you there. And that's why like renting it was something for me. It's one thing to see it on the road. It's another to drive it, experience it, see what it's like when you pull up in the valet in it, see what it's like when you got a park so you can charge it, see all these like really experience the full effect that's going to drive the actions that get you there. A lot of people don't want to put their car on Turo. I got a stranger driving my car through Turo and it's a nice car. It's not a little piece of crap car, but I knew what I wanted because I'd experienced it. I've experienced the Tesla in real life. And so I was willing to give up what I had to get what I want. But the great thing is when you become a producer, you still get to keep what you produce. And so I still got my car. It's mm-hmm. still my car and I'll have it back on Monday or whatever day it is. And I'll figure out what I got to do. But production allows you to live in abundance. And so that's just kind of the space that I want to operate in is producing good things for other people, making sure that I'm giving other people a good experience and thereby I get to live well. Yeah, man, you you convinced me, man, because I always used to be like, well, I'll do that like when I could afford it. And like, I don't even want to look at it right now. You know what I'm saying? But it's like later for that, man. And when you experience these things, it's like you say to yourself, like, man, this is how I want to live. Like sometimes you, you don't even realize what's out there. So you, you, you go check it out for yourself, man. You really got to go check it out. Man. Like, got to check it out. But also to switch gears. Um, oh, hold on. The challenge for the listeners and the challenge for Raphael and the challenge for Henry is the weekend is coming up. Do something fly this weekend. 
There's a book that um, is on my bookshelf. I want to say it's the book. Why? Let me see. I want to get, get to the right title. The title is How Come That Idiot's Rich and I'm Not. <laughs> is, is that? Uh, um, yes. No, it's not what you think. Um, I've seen that. So I've seen it. What I would say is that one of the gems in this book is you got to go to wealthy spaces. And so you got to go to like that hotel. You got to go to that restaurant. Even mm-hmm. if you can only order a cup of coffee, even if you can only order a salad, even if even if you only order an appetizer and just get in the space, make that your norm. Make wealth your norm. We always talk about normalizing wealth. A way to normalize wealth is to do wealthy things that's not just a special occasion, to wear your nice clothes and it's not a special occasion. To wear your Gucci is not a special occasion. To wear a Rolex is not a special occasion. To wear all the just normal. That's the norm. This is what we do. Like my everyday watch is, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what we're trying to get to. You got to normalize it. You got to make a second nature. And as you make a second nature, you will step into it. And so before we shift gears, I want to challenge everybody who's watching this to do something wealthy. Whatever that means to you, you have between now and Sunday to do something wealthy. Man, challenge accepted. Don't do that. Probably going to be a restaurant or something. But we'll see. We'll see. Don't go broke. <laughs> nah. Don't be out here wilding out, man. But definitely <laughs> live your life. Now, I was going to say it was about to switch it up, like put a little spin on it. You know, um, you got to live rich before you, you get rich. I knew you. I know what you're talking about, the whole experience. Because you, you've talked about it so many times. So I know what you're talking about. But also I want to put the other spin on it where you got to do the things that rich people do before you get rich. Like that's how you get rich. Like as in like the actions and behaviors, not 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 just going spending money in nice places or experiencing nice things. But it's like you said um, before, when you were a private banker and you realized that that rich people have a lot of money in their savings rather than the check-in, stuff like that. Rich people park their money in investments instead of putting everything into savings. But, you know, they save to invest or they buy real estate or they buy a, a multifamily house and house hat. They set up budgets, stuff like that. You got to do the things that rich people do before you get rich or else you won't get rich. That's the thing. Like people say, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give to charity once I get rich. Once you get rich, it ain't gonna happen because you're setting your ways already, your behaviors. What do you got to say about that, Henry? Man, that is an absolute fact. Literally, um, and that's that's the that's the secret, right? Because everybody's looking for the secret to building wealth, the secret to being successful. Literally, you have to be it before you achieve it. Well, even before that, you got to see it. So that's why it's power. It's important to have the right abundance mindset because first you see it, then you believe it, then you go achieve it. But even in believing you are you have to be it same as Raphael was saying like because and it's funny because for me I like that's my goal like I want to be not I want to I am a multimillionaire and I give millions of dollars a year to charities that I believe in right do I do that today no like I don't give the millions but I can give dollars hundreds of dollars I can do that today and by doing that I build the habit so that once the wealth comes then boom I'm going to be, I'm going to just step into the, I'm going to step into my dominion, the, the blessing. Like that's how you do it. That is how you do it. And that is the secret. The secret is when you be yourself fully, then you allow yourself the opportunity to experience life at its fullest expression. The reason people aren't successful is because they have something limiting them 
whether it's their mindset, whether it's their skill set, whether it's their environment, whether it's the information that they're taking in, whether it's believing that believing the opinions of others, like all of that stuff is a limitation that's hindering you from experiencing life at your fullest expression. So that's why you have to see it in your mind. You have to believe in yourself with zero doubt belief. And after you believe it, you have to be it. So then you can go achieve it. Um, I, I was looking through your tweets. And one thing that I've noticed is uh, every day you tweet that it's a perfect day to choose yourself. Um, can you talk to us about that? It's a good book, too. Man, yes. So I honestly believe that every day that ends in Y is the perfect day to choose yourself, right? Because if you don't wake up and prioritize yourself, no one else will. Literally, no one else will. Like, I, I, right? I have a wife, right? I love my wife with my heart and soul. However, I know that my wife prioritizes herself, which I love because she can't help me if she doesn't pour into herself the same way I can't help her if I don't pour into myself. So that's why every single day I make that tweet, because I want people to realize that it's not selfish to put yourself first. Because literally you can't do anything for anyone else if you don't take care of you. So that's why you have to wake up every single day and be intentional about choosing yourself, doing the right things that will help put you to the next level, doing the right things that will help you accomplish the goals and dreams and aspirations you have, doing the right things that will help you take care of your family because it's no one's responsibility to feed your family, but yours. It's yours. So that's yeah. why you have to wake up every single day and choose yourself. Yeah. Um, I like it when I see it. I always tell people that that book changed my life. I need to reread it. That book, honestly, in a lot of ways is the reason why I do a lot of things that I do. Um, because the book talks about choosing yourself, but then it starts to break down different ways that you can. And so it talks about blogging. It talks about a podcast. It talks about um, creating way out of your job. It talks about all these different things that are really important. And so it, it's like choosing yourself is the premise, is the underlying find, foundation of the book. But there's so much more that you start to layer on top of the choose yourself economy. So you choose yourself and then you just start creating. Because I think that so many people, they're like, okay, well, this person has a course on tour. So I'm just not going to release my course on Turo. That person's course on Turo is not paying your bills, man. That person's course on real estate investing is not doing anything for your children. That person's course for stock options is not helping your family elevate in any way. So what do you have to lose? Literally, what do you have to lose by putting out your value to the world? The thing about social media that is so weird is you can have 200,000 followers on Instagram getting an Uber and the Uber driver will not know who you are. And mm. that blows my mind. Like I got into an in your Uber, own city. I was, right. Well, I, right. I got into an Uber. I was in Atlanta at the Circle of CEOs event. And they're like, what are you in town for? I was like, oh, yeah, you know, this guy, this guy, this guy. I'm in here for this conference. They're like, I don't know who those guys are. Like they're literally like have millions of followers combined. It has brought the whole city out and you don't know them. And so why is that important? It's important because there's somebody who knows you that doesn't know the other guy who has a tarot course, who doesn't know the other guy that has an options course, who doesn't know the other guy that has an Airbnb course. And you got to put yourself and your value out to the world. Not only that, you're missing out on all the other products you could be creating based off of that. Like I said, the course is just a piece. Now you got the one-on-ones. Now you got the group coaching. Now you got the high level coaching. Now you got the high level mastermind. Now you got the books and the eBooks. 
And the sub course is where you can now take your course and drill down on a particular niche. And you're not getting that because you're not putting yourself out there. You're not adding value to the world. You're just letting the other man get to shine. I love everybody on social media, but I used to be an affiliate for somebody who had a similar course to what I have. And she made a bunch of money and she didn't cut me a check. She cut me the affiliate check, but she didn't cut me the other checks. (laughs) And so I would just say that like your only responsibility is to choose yourself. And for the longest time, I just played the background. I worked the jobs. I did the basic stuff. And I realized that not choosing yourself is like giving yourself a pay cut. When you choose yourself, you get the full value of your work because your job's going to take your value. They might not tell you they're taking their value, but they are. They'll make it seem like, well, I got the client. So therefore I get a big piece of the chicken. Like, no, like you can get your own client. Social media is huge. Go get your people. Go get your following. I like what David Shands was saying. He was talking about like the reason why we create content is I'm not a good salesperson. I was talking about, I was talking today and I don't mean to go into rap, but I got to make this point. So I drove to the golf course and this golf course is in a community where I used to door knock as a financial advisor. I used to have to get in a suit in the hot summer weather and walk around knocking on doors. Hi, my name is Charles. I'm a financial advisor in the area. I'm building my business. I want to be able to communicate with you at a later date. What's your name, your phone number, your address? How can I get in touch with you? It's very uncomfortable. I don't like that stuff. You know what I do like doing? Attracting people to me, creating content, putting stuff out there because now I can create a a following. I can sell to a following and it's not even a direct sale. I don't got to actually pitch you per se. I just put it out into the world. I don't got to pitch you. But when I was working a job, sales had to be done their way. Sales had to be done getting on the phone, calling my aunts and uncles, trying to sell them life insurance. Sales had to be done where I'm knocking on the door, doing stupid stuff. Sales had to be done where I was selling what they told me I had to sell. Their checking accounts, their savings accounts, their credit cards. And now I get to sell what I want, how I want, when I want. Because I chose myself, man. Choose yourself by uh, what's his name? James Altucher. Pretty good book. Uh, might call this. Might call this episode "Step Into Your Dominion." Like that one, uh, and we like that one. Sure. But yeah, choose yourself is a good book, man. And and that's what we all need to do. And that is definitely appropriate for Black folks. And that's what we all need to do because for too long, Black folks have been trying to to choose everybody. Mm. Being like, you know, we all need to get along. We all need to treat each other as equals. But like Black folks, mean like pushing it to too far to where they're looking out for everybody else but themselves like and wanna- fact oh my goodness my my apologies cutting you off but it's all good it, it it's like one thing i've realized because i just got connected with um this amazing woman named monty she actually um is the owner of one of the oldest book um stores in like the world she's in jackson mississippi right off of fair street and I got connected with her this week and literally what we've been talking, cause I go to that bookstore every single day now. Uh, literally I take an extra hour out of work. So, and that's another, that's another thing I'll talk on later. Uh, but by just being there, I'm starting to just really understand our history as black people. And I'm starting mm-hmm. to understand why it's important that we choose us and that we use our like we use our value to help each other grow. Because when you invest in a black business and not even just in a black business, when you invest in another black person, you allow them to grow and prosper. Because when one person thrives, everybody thrives. Yeah, I was um at Black Wall Street and I bought so many shirts. I lost count of my shirts I was buying. I, don't, I never see when I when me 
buying something from black people like as a loss. I always see it as an investment. Like it's just how it's supposed to work. I'm going to get it back somehow. Or I'm just returning all the capital that black people have helped me accumulate. And so like I never count the cost when I'm supporting a black business ever because it's just an investment and you don't want to count the, the cost when it's an investment because the bigger you invest, the bigger you gain. If I invest hard into you, I'm going to win huge. And so I think that like as a community, like even with employees, like I feel like when I pay people well, it's just an investment back in me. They're going to go harder for me and they do go harder for me. They really do. Because you ever like worked a job and you had a black supervisor and you feel like that black supervisor had like a vested interest in seeing you win. Like entrepreneurship is like that. Entrepreneurship is like, it's like having a bunch of black bosses who want to see you win, who are rooting for you. And I think that is the craziest thing is like they trick us into thinking that we shouldn't do these things. They tricked us into thinking that we should be forcing our way into their system. They tricked us into thinking that we shouldn't be like selling to our community because one of the things and the reason why I had to create my business is all the firms that I was working for didn't have products for my people. None of them did. It was always like, oh, quarter million this, quarter million that. Like folks don't got that, man, for whatever reason. I'm sure it's not their fault because I have this theory where a lot of times we think the financial literacy can solve the problems of systematic, systematic racism. Um, I don't really go down that route. I don't talk too much about systematic racism too much, but I know the wages are kept low and I know that um, opportunity is not spread as abundant as it should be. And that's why I'm a big proponent of entrepreneurship. A lot of people think I'm a pro proponent of entrepreneurship because I don't like nine to fives. Like, no, a nine to five is really just systematic. That's it. You go and you beg them for a job. You beg them for a raise. Well, you can go out there. You can earn as much in a day as you would earn in a month. Every single day. I earn what in a I told I, when I got my car, I sent a picture to my ex coworker because we always used to be talking about getting Teslas. And he was like, how's business? I was like, you know, I'm making a month with this firm was paying me every year. And that's I actually make more in a month than the job is paying me every year. And the dude looked me in the face and said he wasn't going to pay me what I wanted. And I had a decision to make. I was like, either my son's going to starve or I'm going to have to go and get it. And so for me, entrepreneurship isn't even about the fancy stuff. It's about, is my son going to live the way he deserves to live? And so um, I would just say that, you know, it was one of those things where I went into a tangent and I forgot what the inception of this tweet, this conversation was. No, we were talking about how um, we need, black people need to choose themselves first. Right, and then, and right, then, right. And right. a few things. And so, yeah, yeah. that's, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and Henry says something that really triggered me. Like he said, like black folks need to like pour into each other first. Like, and that made me think about what he said earlier about choosing yourself first when he was talking about in, in the context of a marriage or a relationship. You say you got to pour into yourself first before you can be able to pour into others, uh, which is true. Like you, you can't you can't help somebody else be strong if you're weak. And mm. that's one of the problems that black folks have, especially dealing with other races, because they don't see the value in us. Like we looking out for everybody else before we strengthen ourselves. And then when it comes to important things, it's like we don't have we don't have that weight behind us. Like we got less than 2% of the world. And it's like these people are like they might be willing to work with us or do whatever, but it's like, what do you guys bring to the table? Or it's like politicians, like, you know, we could get the politicians to do what we want if we had the funds to back them, but we don't have the funds to back them. Yeah. So they're not taking our like, calls. I feel like that less than two percent of the wealth thing has more to do with us not owning things right. than us being Income? impressed. Okay. Because I was talking about this. I don't know what my phone keeps dropping, but I was talking about how like um a lot of people say like I entrepreneurship is not for me. That's what they say. And I was like, interestingly enough, the same can be said about Caucasian people as well. Like entrepreneurship might not be for them as well. 
And so what I'm realizing is like when you're an entrepreneur, you live better than not just non-entrepreneurs in your community, but also non-entrepreneurs in their community as well. And so I was, I'm watching the documentary on uh, Black Wall Street because mm. I'm really intrigued on trying to know, know more about the history since I've been there. And I saw like Black Wall Street surpassed the wealth of other white folks. So at that point in time, it wasn't a wealth gap. Like we had more wealth because we did things different. We had law firms, we had doctor's office, we had hospitals, we had hotels. The wealth gap is an actions gap. It's not a black and white gap. We're not engaged in the right activities. Therefore, we don't create wealth. So if we do ultimately decide to engage those opportunities or the people that you see doing it already, Chris Johnson ain't worried about no damn wealth gap. Him 500 ain't worried about no wealth gap. Uh, Any of those dudes, they're not concerned with the wealth gap because they bossed up. And so if you have a wealth gap, which you got to solve the wealth gap for your family, you can't even save it for the whole culture, save it for your family. You got to engage in the right actions. You got to be doing the right things. It's funny because people are like, oh, well, you played golf today. You didn't work, but I'm working now. And I was working on the golf course. It's just my work looks different. And my work isn't clocking, sitting at a dumbass desk for eight hours just to say that I'm working. I work different now. I made more money today than I would have made sitting behind a desk. Like just because I'm not working at it, just because I'm not sitting behind a desk doesn't mean I'm not working. And I think that is the freedom that financial freedom gives you. It gives you the ability to earn in a way that benefits you, not just to earn in a way that benefits them. So you think your sneakers look good, huh? Check this out. <laughs> Even the most exclusive sneakers once purchased look identical to everybody else's sneakers. Can I get a holla holla? So how do you take your boring regular sneakers and convert them to unique dynamic sneakers that will stand out? Yo, that answer is easy. You need to get, get, get laced with Get Lace Shoelaces. Yeah, Get Lace is a lifestyle shoelace retailer dedicated to inspiring customers through a unique combination of products, creativity, and cultural understanding. We just want you to upgrade your sneakers. So get laced. Visit GetLacedLaces.com or check us out on Instagram at GetLace.Underscore. Upgrade your sneakers with a black-owned business that provides international shipping, wholesale, custom, and fundraising options. Upgrade them sneakers, baby. Genius, Get yours today at GetLaceLaces.com. Premium sneakers need premium laces. Pure Body Company formulates an amazing range of emollients with shea butter at its base. Pure Body Co. focuses on providing all natural handcrafted products for all people. At ShopPureBodyCo.com, you'll find body butters and lip balms that are not only moisturizing, but none of our products contain preservative or even those unrecognizable chemicals. So if you're looking to keep your skin soft, visit shoppurebodyco.com. And remember to join PBC Perks to receive rewards as you shop. Man, and that is a fact. Literally, that's what I'm experiencing on my nine to five because it's not it's not about not being, how do I say this correctly? It's not about what I get on the job. It's about what I'm missing out by being, you know, there, like the location, like being tied down to a location. Right, right, right. And just say no. Shout out to um Natasha downtown seventh and she just sent me with a retweet. So that's what maybe her pop up in my head. She's been down with the podcast for a long time. But anyway, uh, so on that note, Charles, you were saying you said a, a tweet where you said you could quit your job selling twenty dollar products, but you only wanted to sell high ticket. Yeah, man. Um, you know I'm always launching different things, and I did a, a class for my uh, inner circle group. And the benefit for them is they get to ask questions. We get to actually cater the lecture to them. And I did a lecture on technical analysis and I was like, this is valuable right here. 
I'm going to put this out to the market. And so I put it out to the market, uh, I think Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And I've just been doing numbers like crazy numbers and I'm selling it for 20 bucks. And I was like, that's crazy that like you can make this much money with the $20 product. That's the first thing that I had to say. But then I also realized that a lot of folks make about 20 to $25 an hour, which would mean you have a responsibility to make eight sales a day, eight sales a day, which will allow you to play golf on a Wednesday. <laughs> and if you think about eight sales a day ain't nothing if you have a following it's nothing like eight sales a day is cake but people don't want to sell affordable they'll give away their hours for affordable rates because most of y'all are giving y'all hours away for cheap but you want to be an entrepreneur and charge high ticket and that's the frustrating thing is i know folks who are stuck at jobs who when they go out into the entrepreneurial space they're like it's a thousand dollars to work with me fam it's $20,000 to work with me. I can't work with you. I can't for a few reasons. You don't even got the track record yet. Like, have you even proven that you can actually do this for yourself? And then also they don't realize that the world is abundant. I have 140,000 followers on my business Instagram. I have 40,000 followers on my personal Instagram. I have 30,000 followers on my personal Twitter. $20 times 30,000 is $600,000. How many people do you know that don't have $20? Everybody has $20, but they don't want to sell a $20 product. They want to sell a $2,000 product. They want you to hire them long-term contract and they want you to pay them $10,000. The reason why we win is because it's a, it's a, it's a value exchange. I'm giving you more value in life value than you pay me in dollar value. You'll do that exchange a hundred times a day, a hundred dollars, a hundred times times $20 is $20,000 in a day. Most folks never made $20,000 in a day. Most folks ain't willing to sell their products for low ticket. And that's why they continue to struggle. But for me, I feel like it's a give. When I give somebody my knowledge for $20, I feel like I've done good and they appreciate me for it. Now I get to go and I see people wherever I am. And they're like, I see people all the time, man. I was in the Tulsa airport. Somebody stopped me. Um, of course, at all the events, people are stopping you. Um, anywhere I am, somebody's going to stop me and say like, man, you Todd, you changed my life. And so like, that's the win. And that's also the legacy because now I'm doing something that my son can walk into. So are you creating something that now that your son has a last name to stand on to? He said, I hustle for my last name. The point is to make your last name something that's worth mentioning. So that now he's like, I'm an Oglesby and that means something. And that's what I'm working towards. I'm working towards him being able to say what his last name is. And it means something. We were in Arkansas and they're like, yeah, unless you're the Walton family, you ain't getting in here because the Walton last name means something. They literally control that whole city. Man, it is wild because like right now, my, me and my wife, like we, we're at that point. We actually today just hit eight months of marriage. November 21st will be our year. And, you know, Congrats. we want kids. All right. I, hey, I appreciate that. I appreciate Congrats. that. But it's like, you, I didn't interrupt you for that. Hey, Congrats, hey, hey, I understand, man. I understand. But it's like, literally, that's my mindset. Like, everything I do is not for me. I'm thinking about my great, great, great grandkids. I'm thinking about what can I do in my time on this earth so that I can put my family in a position to where they will never, ever, ever have to know what lack feels like. Literally everything I create and will acquire through the course of my life, I can put that in a trust account for my family and it will be there forever because that's what it's about. It's not about just getting rich. 
It's about creating true generational wealth to where your family will be taken care of forever. Yeah, Henry, we got to get you like one of these. But anyway, <laughs> you get the watch, Henry. Um, you're right. You're right. You got you gotta make it a goal of yours to make your last name mean something. Like maybe talk about. I mean, when people talk about goals, you know, they talk about smart goals, make it specific and stuff like measurable. You get you gotta have some goals that are hard to quantify too. Like I believe in ten x goals. Like ten like. And I guess everybody works different, but the way that works for me is 10x. I have to literally one of my goals is make to make a hundred million dollars a month, right? Because when I when I do that, the amount of jobs I'll be able to create, right? The amount of money I'll be able to donate to my church, right? The amount of money I can pour into the community. Like that's why I set 10x goals because of what it will allow me to do. It will allow me the opportunity to pour into people I believe in. That that freshman in college that has a skill set and they're crushing it and they're killing it, I'll be able to, I, I will be able to pay them more than any job will pay them just because I believe in them. So that's why I believe like you gotta set, you have to set massive goals because massive goals drive massive action. And with the right goal and the right action, Success is inevitable. This this uh, podcast is sponsored by Mindset Matters t-shirts and hats. Man, we just out here just supporting all things black, man. I don't even know my noble supply brushes. I think I had it over here, but shout out to us for just supporting all things black 24-7 watches. Yep. All that Shout stuff, out to Maya. Man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I was saying, like, you got to have some goals, too, that aren't necessarily quantifiable. Like, saying one of my goals is to make my last name mean something. Mm. Like, when people hear your last name, if, especially if it's different, like Goss, Oglesby, Husbands, these are not the most common last names. Yeah. Like, you want you want it to be that in your hometown, people say, like, oh, you one of those. They one of the Oglesby. <laughs> Oh, he's a goss. He's a goss. Oh, husbands. Oh, he must. He must got money. Like make your mate your name mean something, and then then you could quantify like sub goals under that. Like what do you mean? Like what do you mean by that? And then like break it down. But let's let's have some intangible goals like that too, man. For sure, he's a goss. So Henry, real quick, um, you took on the name. No, now Charles always says, well, not always says, but Charles said before, like you know, it's important what you call yourself, and you decided to call yourself Henry Amazing. Obviously, that was your birth name but tell us about how you chose that name why yeah tell us tell us the story behind that name man all right so this is the story behind how i became henry amazing literally it was my 10th grade year well it was the summer between 10th grade and 11th grade and my social media name at the time was like henry saxy s-a-x-c-i because i played the alto saxophone in uh high school right so I knew I was becoming an upperclassman. So I was like, man, I need to switch this up. This this ain't going to get no girls, you know? Right? You know, just being <laughs> silly. And I saw this guy who was like uh, one of them like popular tweet Twitter people. His name was Freddie Amazing. And I saw that and I was like, man, amazing. That, it just it just stuck out to me, right? So I was like, hmm, let me see if Henry Amazing is available. And mind you, this is back in 2000 10 2011 so oh my goodness yeah this was like 10 years ago over 10 years ago wow wow but back then i went ahead typed in henry amazing and it was available so i was like oh okay so if it's available on twitter let me let me uh do instagram well i didn't get on instagram to like 2012 but essentially that's where it started and it stuck because like my birthday was coming up because i changed my name in the summertime and my birthday is in the winter in december and 
on my birthday, you know, everybody shout, gives you love on your birthday, right? They give you your flowers. But what I noticed was everybody kept saying, like my peers, my classmates, they were like, hey, you know, happy birthday, Henry. You really are amazing. So it's like I'm mm. getting all these people affirming me that I am who I, you know, said I am. And from there, it just grew. And I didn't even realize it back then that I was building a personal brand until like uh, I jumped into entrepreneurship in 2015 with my first business called Amazing Style. And the reason I called it that was it just fit the brand. Literally, because I had crossed Alpha on uh, spring of 2014 at Jack. Jackson State. Uh, shout out to the D5 chapter. Love y'all. But um, spring 14, I crossed, but it was in the summer of 2015 where I launched the brand and because I just wore suits. Like, I just love wearing nice suits and, you know, having the tie, the lapel, the bow tie, just all the little details, right? So I created a business that literally fit me. So it's just funny because I didn't even realize it back then what I was doing. And I'm so glad that I had that just vision to do that because now I like I am here amazing. Literally, I am the person that I was trying to be back then. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like when you be yourself and you when you are fully yourself and like fully, not full of, but you are fully yourself and you believe mm. in yourself with zero doubt belief, you will you give yourself the freedom to operate at your fullest expression. And when you do that, nothing can hinder you. Nothing can hinder you. Um, mm. I think that one of the things that Henry said, which is something that I said, is you tend to, um, people tend to call you what you call yourself. Right. Um, and the funny thing is, is the place that I saw that was rappers. It's like Jay-Z called himself the best rapper alive. And then people started seeing him as the best rapper alive, even though that might've been arguable, but now nobody questions it. No, everybody's like, he's the best. Cause he yeah. said it was the best. Right. They didn't, yeah. lift, they didn't go and line for line. Like it's just, but no, he just said he's the best. And they said he's the best. And I was like, that's crazy. Because you know what happened? Lil Wayne came after him and did the same thing. He said, I'm the best rapper alive since the best rapper retired. And people started seeing him as the best. But I can't, I, I don't believe that people saw Lil Wayne as the best. And you have to impose your will on the world. You have to tell the world what how they're going to treat you. You have to tell the world what they're going to give you. You have to tell the world what they're going to call you. That's very important because the more they call you, whatever they're calling you, the more you're going to walk into what they're calling you. A big part of the reason why there is these oppression and all these different things is just words. People told you things, they called you things, and they made you think that you are these things. I'm not a big proponent of the term black. I don't like black. It's very negative. I don't think it's it was meant to actually uplift anyway. It's, it's actually probably worse than calling somebody a Negro <laughs> or calling somebody colored or calling somebody the N, well, maybe the N-word's up there. The N-word is up there with black, in my opinion, because they're both very, very derogatory. And quite honestly, the same thing could be true about calling somebody white. Like you're literally like putting them on a pedestal and then complaining about the pedestal that they're on. So I put them on that pedestal. And so my thinking is that like words matter, names matter, and Henry's proof of it. I'm proof of it. Raphael, when are you changing your name, man? What are you changing your name to? Good question, good question. And well, wait, the people- <laughs> the billionaire. It's funny. Uh, I'm time. serious, Rob. You think it's a joke, but like, no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just. You, you just you start calling screen. yourself that. You start growing into that. You didn't say change my screen in. name like 20 minutes ago. Oh, I didn't see. But didn't yeah, man, you didn't notice a change my screen name like 20 minutes ago. Um, oh, I see. There we go. This part, perfect. I like that. Britt, um, what was her name? Britt Morris on Twitter. One time she said, um, "I'm listening to Tweet Talk with Billion Buck Chuck and Rich Raff." I was like. <laughs> 
kind of like that. Kind of like that. And um, going back to the what you call yourself, people listening might be saying like, "What the heck is Charles talking about? Black is negative." Like, if you look black up in the in the dictionary, maybe not in the most modern dictionaries, but 50 years, 20, 50, 50 years ago, if you looked up black in the dictionary, it was not a positive thing. Like, black was meant to be bad. Like, white was supposed to be good, and black was bad. Like, literally, not just a color. It was like black is evil, black is bad, black is this. Like, it wasn't just a color. Like, because if you think about it, we ain't really black. Like, you're more like brown. So where did the black people term come from? Because they wanted to pay us as negative, as bad, as villains. Villains wear black. It's all bad. Now, I still call black people black people, but, you know, Charles and Tuck's opinion, but I know exactly what he's talking about. And it's funny, I was thinking about whether I should say this or not when, when um, Henry was talking about what you call yourself and you guys are saying, like, you know, people will call you what you call yourself. It's funny that, you know, the N-word is so prevalent in, in, in rap and then it blew up and who was the number one buyers of rap music, especially like in the 90s when it blew up? White folks, white kids. So when they sing along with the, 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 the lyrics and they love these rappers, like, they really love them with all their hearts and then they start using those words and then you turn around you're mad at them because they're using that n-word too as a term of endearment well it's because you call yourself that in the music for the whole world to, in public and then you're mad at them but that's a whole nother topic that we're not gonna get into right now yeah. but but charles you said one thing i saw black wall street was they said the city was burned over hatred now we spend time trying to end the hatred that's not the solution the solution is succeeding and then defending what you build against the haters succeed Success breeds envy. Don't avoid the envy. Yeah. Um, one of the things that <clears throat> so I was reading the sign at Black Wall Street and he said a few things. And you know me, I'm always looking for the gems. And one of the gems I saw is in a they site, were talking about in a street sign. Yeah, they, they were talking about um <laughs> knows the memorial, the monument that they built. Gotcha. Um, and they were talking about how um oppression actually created opportunity, which is mm. crazy to me because I feel like we are so hell bent on trying to end oppression just like we tried it in hatred. Like the thing about me is I'm, I don't need you to like me. So we're doing this event and uh, I like using names, man. I don't like being ambiguous. Um, so we're doing this event with Erica and Nita has a problem with Erica. And so Nita was like hating on the event. And I was like, I got to turn up now because like I got to show her that we can make this pop. And so like for me, I was very casual about promoting the event. I was just like, I, I, I got other stuff to go on. But like now it's like I got to stick it in her face. And so like for me, I actually perform better when people don't like me so much so that sometimes I feel like I go out of the way to create that animosity which is weird and it's probably not healthy, but um, I've just found, like, I've just always found people who were my opposition. And I'll never forget, like, when I was in, in high school, like, I'm in high school, two-parent household, very, raised very sheltered, and there are just kids who didn't like me. And so my mom went to the school and she was talking to their mom and she was like, I need you. Like, I don't know why they don't like each other. I don't know why, but I think they need to be friends. And so, like, we were kind of cool for, like, a little bit and then went back to not liking me. And none of those dudes amounted to anything. And now in college, I ran into a lot of people who didn't like me for whatever reason. And none of those dudes amounted to anything. And so now I'm like, I don't like being liked is not the goal because a lot of the folks that you're trying to get to like you ain't shit. And I don't want to cuss, but like a lot of the people that you're bending over to try to get to like you aren't even worth anything anyway. You're trying to get another community to like you when they ain't all that. They got placed there. Their grandparents put them there. Their grandparents paid money for them to be there. Why do you want this loser to like you? I always look at the people I used to debate on Twitter or debate on Facebook who I just separated from and I circle back and I see their life now. I'm like, y'all didn't do nothing. I'm me. I know that I'm right. I know that I'm building this because I've researched and I've read and I've educated myself on finding the answer 
not just living based off what my peers agree with and think is right. Like, no, like I found the answer. You might not recognize the answer, but I found it. And so for me, what frustrated me about what we get told in history is a lot of times people will tell us that Black Wall Street, the whole narrative is it got burned down. We don't ever talk about it being resurrected. We never talk about they built it better the way up. The story of Jesus isn't the fact that he died. It's the fact that he rose again. It's the fact that they tried to knock him down and he rose again. That's the glory. They built it better. That's what happened with Black Wall Street. We don't get that narrative because we let, the, we let the same people that call us Black also tell us our history. They're never going to tell you history that benefits and uplifts you. They're only going to tell you the history that discourages you and frustrates you and tries to make you not want to build another Black Wall Street. That's the whole purpose of it. And what frustrates me is that people think that it's just agnostic, if you will. They think it's just non-biased. They think that our history has no agenda. I was watching that documentary and they were talking about how they had a black newspaper and a white newspaper. And the black newspaper was so uplifting because they're sharing all these dope stories about black people winning. And it was inspiring. And that's a big part of what created Black Wall Street, which is a big part of why these podcasts are so dope. But they were saying that in the white newspaper, all this shit was black crime. Nothing has changed, Raphael. If you watch the, the white news, you don't see what we're talking about. You don't see the circle of CEOs. You don't see Jay Morrison. You don't see any of that stuff. All you see is criminal, 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 criminal. But my point is we don't need them to highlight us. We got to highlight us. We don't need them to make us great. We make ourselves great. The hater is going to come. You got to win hater or not. In fact, the reason they hated them was because they won. What are you going to do? Not win? It's like the like he says, like your, your success took a shot at you. What are you going to do? Be unsuccessful? You, you're going to choose unsuccess to avoid the hate? No, I'm going to succeed and embrace the hate. Bring the hate on. The hate's only going to make me grow bigger. And I want us as a community to stop worrying about whether they like us. Stop worrying about whether they hate us. Hate me. Hate me. That means I'm providing for my family. That means I'm taking care of things I got to be taken care of. I don't want you to be my friend if I got to compromise who I am. And that's a big part of the reason why I am the way I am. Because I don't want to not be myself for you to like me. If I'm not myself for you to like me, I'm going to probably hate myself. And there's a lot of people that hate themselves because they're over here bending over backwards, doing all this crazy stuff to avoid hate, hatred from other people. Hate me, man. You don't pay my bills. You don't do nothing for me. They don't do anything for me. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's one of the hardest things for me to like slowly get over these past couple of years, man. Like, gotta stop worrying about what's gonna come for the success, especially before you get it. That's the thing, like, you, you're dying, like, you're killing yourself before you, you're bleeding out from a wound that it hasn't even been inflicted yet. Like, when you're worrying about how people are gonna hate on you and how people are gonna talk about you and what they're gonna think when you put the sale out, like, you're wasting time. Like, you don't even know yet what they're gonna say until they say it. And then, who cares? But, I mean, it's easy to say, like, who cares what people say, but at least let them say it first before you you lose sleep over it man. a lot of these haters are capping man i was thinking about this today i'm like i know folks online talk about they're making all this money they don't got no employees i know folks talking about they're making all this money online and you can't tell like hmm. and those are the people that let people discourage them like i remember when people start people slow down promoting different products because they were getting hatred. Did you get a check? Did you get a check from that person who was hating for stopping your money flow? No, you did not get a cent. Most of these folks that are hating are not hating from a place of actual concern.
concern. They're hating from a place of jealousy and envy. They didn't hate them because of anything else, but they were more successful than them. So what are you going to do? Be less successful to make them hate, to like, make them like you? Is that your goal? To be less free so that they can like you? That makes no sense to me because ain't the biggest, most successful influencers on the internet are not cutting me a check. They will run it up off my back. I'm not letting their opinion sway me. You can't get too high on the highs. You can't get too low on the lows. You can't get too high on the confidence. You can't get too low on the criticism. Even when I do run across these folks, I'm picking up the tab. It's folks that hate on me that I went to dinner with and I picked up the tab. I'm always picking up the tab. So even then, what's the benefit? You ain't even taking care of the tab when I meet you. Listen to me a check and you ain't paying for the dinner. I got to do what's best for me and mine. I got to and I'm going to. Man, literally the shift for me happened when I got married, right? And I I will never forget this. Um, I remember there was a, mo- a moment early on when me and my wife uh, first got married and like our funds were like super duper low, right? And I just remember sitting there thinking because I was in between paychecks, right? And literally it's like, bro, your wife is hungry. You don't have any ink. Like you don't have any money. You got to like your wife is hungry. And that's when it, it finally clicked for me. Like people's opinions ain't going to feed my family. Is nobody else is going to feed my family but me. So that's why now people see like I promote the heck out of myself because, listen, I don't care. Although I do have, you know, a pretty nice size following, right? You know, the 10K, 10.2 on Instagram, uh, 5.3. Well, it's about to get to 5, 5.3 thousand on Twitter. But it's like none of that matters because if it's not feeding my family, I, it shouldn't matter to me who follows me or who unfollows me. Like it, I have to promote myself. I have to feed my family. I have to use my gifts to ensure that my family eats. And it's either one or two things are going to happen when you promote yourself. Either people are going to support you or they're going to leave. And if they leave, you should be grateful because now they're out of the way and they just open up the door for more people to come support you. Mm-hmm. That's just how I look at it. That's facts, man. I think that's one of the most important things is, um, and it's something I tell people all the time, is like, you got to be authentically you, whatever that looks like, because you're going to repel the people that weren't going to support you in the first place. And you're going to make room for the people who are going to support everything that you do. And that's important because you don't just need people around you just for the sake of being around you. I'd rather have less followers and have people who actually support what I'm doing than have a bunch of people just watching to talk crap. Because some of these followers, they only hang around and disagree. Some of these followers, they just pop up just to be like, oh, well, that's not right because blah, blah, blah. Like I literally like I put out a tweet and I was like, it's crazy how like I can say one thing about marriage and get disagreement and, they something, and then say something completely the opposite of that and then get a bunch of hate. I'm like, that's crazy. That's why I just do me, man. <laughs> I'm not trying to duck the hate. I'm trying to just live my authentic self, man. And if that makes me happy and I got strangers, it's like Drake said, it's like, how you hate me when I never met the man. People on the internet hate your guts. Ain't never even seen you in person. Ain't even shook your hand. You really out here going to play small over people that you've never even met in person. You got to be you, man. Those folks are not paying your bills, Raphael. They're not showing up with the check. They ain't taking care of nothing. If anything, the people that you pull back from supporting and be supporting you more than the people that was hating on you. That was one of the weirdest mm-hmm. things. Like my sister, like she was, it used to be so weird to me. Like my sister would be more concerned with her friends liking her than staying loyal to her family. And I was like, that makes no sense to me because every time your friends F you over, the person you call is us. So you would think that anybody that makes you choose between your family or you should immediately be get, getting canceled. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Okay, Okie for Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, 
trendy. Our shades provide significant UV light protection for eyes, and we have the best customer service around. The freshest and trendiest styles for both men and women. The finest shades to fit your style. Okiefa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Visit www.okiefashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A Shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okiefa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. And that's what social media is. It's like they they make me choose between my family or them. And I'm going to choose my family every day over whoever thinks that their opinion matters. I don't care. I don't think that's what choose yourself is about. Choose yourself is I ain't putting nobody's opinion of me over my opinion of me. That's what choose yourself is about. Choose yourself is I decided I'm dope. And whether you agree or you disagree does not does not change the fact that I decided I'm dope. That's what choose yourself is about. Because we walk into these jobs and they play you and they tell you that you're not worthy and they play on your self-esteem and they tell you, you got to be perfect and they criticize you and they nitpick you and they micromanage you and they ask you for dumb reports. And the choose yourself is choosing yourself to be all above all that stuff i'm not just gonna show up and have you dictate what i'm worth right 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 right, right. and on that note so that y'all know um my podcast star one day quick start guide is available now if you listen to this but i think this is this is fully released uh quick start guide to get your podcast out into the world if you have been sitting on a podcast idea for weeks months or even years and never done anything with it pick up that podcast star quick start Guide and get get it out. I promise you, we'll give you the, the step by step booklet for you to get your game on track and get your podcast out there in, in a day and out of your head. Pick that up. The, the link will be in the in in the show notes. Gumroad.com slash talk or gum.co slash podcast. Well, whatever. Gumroad.com slash talk Pick that up. Get it out, man. People tired of hearing you talk about your podcast idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Like our, our speaker last night says, stop being an I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. People are tired of hearing it, man. And if you got friends and family that have been talking about certain podcasts forever send them the link or buy it for them and send to them send them the link and say if you don't buy this for a dollar it's going for a dollar right now if you don't buy this for a dollar you ain't serious so either buy or shut up back to the show so you're talking about choosing yourself talking about entrepreneurship and doing what's best for your family and Charles you had a tweet you said a foolish man makes his man struggle just because he had to struggle fam that struggle made you bitter it will do the same to him yeah Um. I mean it's kind of self-explanatory but I feel like a lot of us we were raised in that era where people thought that like in order for you to grow into a man, you had to struggle. You had to get it out the mud. You had to get it for yourself. And I always tell people like the stats don't support that. Most people who had to struggle and get it out the mud are still in the mud. (laughs) They ain't making it out the mud yet. And they 35, 40, 50. And conversely, like you see a lot of these kids who go to USC, they go to these top schools. They were given every advantage possible, every single advantage. They were put in different programs. They were put in different. They got tutors. Their parents made donations to the school. And then they go to these top universities. And then you know what happens? They get to go to the top companies because the top companies pick from the top universities. Therefore, they get the top salaries. Therefore, they get to live well. And so what I found is a lot of times what we believe is true 
true is not true. And a lot of people think like, oh, Charles, if you give your son all this privilege, he's going to be soft. He's not going to have any grind. He's not going to have any determination. But there's levels to this stuff. And I'm pretty sure I talked about this in the podcast before. Like there's levels to greatness. You put somebody on third base and they grinded. They're still grinding because they got to get home. It's just a different type of grind. Like the kids who go to these top law schools, they're not working any less harder than the kids who go to these other law schools. The difference is they had access to certain programs, certain types of communities, all that. They're not any smarter. We're all human. We all breathe the same air. I just found that you have to give people access. And so it's really just like a shot in the face or like a slap in the face to this mentality. I can't change them. I can't change the prior generation. What I can do is make sure that I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that my son is taken care of. I talk, I, was, I meant to talk about this on, on uh, Twitter, but we have a, a culture that, and people don't believe, they don't listen to what I said. And, and the thing is, it's actually 100% true. Shaq was on the podcast, Earn Your Leisure. Shaq said, I'm not giving my kids, my sons nothing, but I might give my daughter something. I'll give my daughter something. They'll be taken care of. And then you know what happens? You have these two people that are growing up the same, right? They're both 18. One set of parents decided to give the daughter something. The other set of parents decided to give the son nothing. So now what happens? She's driving well. She's living well. She's looking at him struggling. She's thinking he's just a bum. She's passing over him. She's dissing him. She thinks he's not worth nothing. And so like the problem is I'm not saying don't give women things. I'm saying don't give women things, but not give men things. The problem is folks won't acknowledge the fact that they can't afford to do both. In a lot of instances, they can't afford to give to both. So they got to pick one. And so they choose to pick the woman who historically has been seen as the weaker vessel, whether that's true or not. That's what they tend to do. They invest in her. And my thinking is I'm not doing that. I'm going to do life better. I'm going to give just as much to my daughter as I give to my son. I'm not going to make him struggle and her, her live glorious because I'm not doing my daughters any favor that way. You're not doing your daughters any favors by making her choose from a bunch of broke boys who aren't necessarily broke boys. They're just people who were just placed at brokenness because they thought that's how you build character. And so we have to experience these things and think of a better way. Think of a better way, because if you give that young man assets and stuff at 20, he's still going to be the same hungry, ambitious person. He's still going to want to get it because kids don't follow um, what you say. They follow what you do. If they see you getting up and getting after it and acquiring companies and building wealth, that's what they're going to want to do. You don't got to raise kids. You just got to be adult role model. But if you're just sitting on the couch being nothing, what do you expect your kids to do? Whether you give them something or not. If I like, if I give my son millions, but he sees me out here chasing hundreds of millions, do you think he's going to be complacent with millions? No, because he sees what hundreds of millions will do for you. Hundreds of millions lifestyle is way different than millions lifestyle. We don't know that because we ain't even at millions lifestyle. We over here at zero lifestyle trying to tell folks what would happen at millions lifestyle. Like, I can't give you that because then you you ain't going to be ambitious. Like you fool. A million dollars is not enough money to live the rest of your life. What is he going to do? Just be broke. You got to model it for him. And so that's the only thing is I just feel like we have to, we got to, we got to, we got to do things better. We can't just continue to perpetuate what does not work. And that's my frustration. We do things that don't work. And then we continue to do it again. It's like, bro, like, nah, that didn't work, fam. There's a better way. And I just want to give a shout out to like my mom and dad, because they are the example of doing it right. So like my dad grew up in, I believe a single, single parent household. It was just uh, my grandma raising him and all his sisters and brothers right 
So then he he started at the bottom. Then he went, got college educated, met my mom. And my mom, similar, except she had both parents. And, you know, they struck, came from struggle. And she got with my dad. And they went from basically, like, poverty to, like, middle class, right? So now they had me. And I'm in middle class. And it's it's literally what you just said. Like, I'm, I see what middle class gets me. But I want more. I want to keep pushing the family forward because I see what my parents did. I saw them wake up and go get it and go grind and do their thing. So now I have that same ambition, that same tenacity, that same just work ethic, that same just all out massive action. It's like that it's, it's, and it's literally impossible for me to not get us to the next level. It, it, it is because it, it's not in my nature. I don't know what it looks like to not execute because I see my parents do it. And then for my kids, when I get us to the next level, they're going to help get us to that next level because literally we're going to become like all these other families out here, like the Rothschilds, like the Kennedys, like the Walton, because that's what it's about. Each generation putting each other forward. Like it's insane. It's insanity to want want to make your kid start at zero well you can put them at level 10 level 20 level 100 that's just that's that's just always been my viewpoint and i just i'm very grateful for my parents and i finally i guess it, it, it wasn't until i got married which is that's a whole thing like marriage is a hack marrying the right person is a hack for real because what it allows you to do is it you're able to focus you're not distracted you don't drift you get to see the world clearly because you're not out here chasing everything but I just gotta give a shout out to my parents because literally because of them, I'm gonna be pushing our family name forward. And then my kids and their kids' is kids and the whole lineage is gonna just elevate our family name as far as it can go. Um, I think that's a large part of what I was thinking is like by our nature, men want to get to the next level. And so like what I do and have done is really just taking what I was shown and just bumping it up to the next levels. Like I could have, I could have done the work a job until however many, uh, how many years like I could have done that. I've seen the path. I've seen the work a job, buy a house, buy some cars, lifestyle, but I wanted more. Um, but having that foundation allowed me to get to more. So yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Gotta, um... Hold on. Somebody said you got to teach your kids the game too. Don't just give them money. Right. Absolutely. Now, I wanted to um, touch on something Henry was talking about earlier um, when he was talking about self-belief or something like that and having um, putting limitations on yourself. I wanted to say like in this in this this wealth game, man, uh, we got to start seeing that there's no limits. But for for a lot of us, it's going to be hard to like, it sounds easy, but it's going to be hard for us to, to imagine that like no limits. Like that's hard to like picture. But I would say like if you can't picture that like for your life, like there's no limits for you like at the very least raise your limitations like right now you might be only making thirty thousand on your job and it might be a good reason for that like maybe you only provide thirty thousand dollars worth of value maybe you you really are just a thirty thousand dollar person and that's why you only make thirty thousand dollars but then you got you look at yourself and you do something to change that like get a new skill raise your skill set and keep raising your limitations until you you start changing your mindset to where you can see that there's no limitations on what you can do you know like so at the very least raise your limitations and let's go get it man. and then man rafael to add to that i think the reason that people don't have like that zero doubt belief in themselves is because they aren't they not exposed to people that do operate at limitless levels, right? So, and that's the power of the mastermind. That's the power of proximity. Like literally 
any shout out to Nehemiah Davis for this. But the thing is, when it comes to our mindset and just the power of exposure, like once the mind is expanded, it will never go back to its original form. So if you're a person and you have limits on your life, you need to get around people that live limitlessly, that have the abundance mindset, that don't operate like that. Because once you get around them, then you'll be able to start seeing, huh, maybe it is possible that I do this. Maybe I can live a life that is abundant. Maybe I can do this and that. Man, we gotta do it, man. There's not, there's not a real other alternative, honestly. <laughs> we gotta do it or we gotta do it. Henry always saying we gotta make it work or make it work. Yes, sir. Make it happen or make it happen. That, right. That's the only option. That's the only option. Failure isn't an option. Right, right, right. So you gotta, you gotta tell us, Henry, man. You're a part of the ma- the mastermind group that we got going on, man. Like, what have you seen of the benefits so far of being part of this mastermind? Man? All right. So first off, the environment. That's the first thing. Well, really, I'll say it like this: it's three things any person needs to be successful. You need the right information, you need the right environment, and you need the right activity. That's what you get in the mastermind. You get the right information. So information. What do I mean? You get the right systems strategies, processes, just all of the things you need to actually systematize and automate and just all that. That information is there in one spot within the mastermind. Like I've been an entrepreneur since 2015. I bought course after course after course. I've read over 50 plus books, watched over thousands of hours of YouTube trying to figure out how do I build a six or seven figure business. However, when I joined the mastermind, literally everything was right there on a silver platter. So that's the information, the environment. I'm around people that have the same go-getter mindset that I have. We all have abundance mindsets. We There's nothing we can't do. Literally, we create. We create. We tap into the power within ourselves. We create. A lot of times on the job, you're not going to be around people that are producers. You're around people that are cool sitting in a one location for a bunch of hours. And they're cool with that. They don't want more for themselves. And if they do want more, they settle. We don't settle in the mastermind. We don't. So that's information, environment. Lastly, is the activity. One thing I love about the mastermind is the fact that each week, we all encourage each other to vocalize our goals. Once we vocalize our goals, we then hold each other accountable for reaching those goals. And if someone is having an issue, literally each time we have a call, we ask the question, hey, what is it in your business that you're struggling with? And by doing that, people are able to get the solutions to their problems instantly. They don't have to wait. They don't have to wait to get the money to pay someone like thousands of dollars. And the reason I'm like, the reason I get super duper passionate about the mastermind is because I have always felt like there was a paywall between me and success because there were people that had some of the answers I was looking for. However, in order to get there, I had to pay two, three, four, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000. I didn't have that. I didn't. I didn't. I, I just didn't. I had the desire. I had the execution. I had the mindset. I just needed the strategy. But the people that I saw that I believe have the strategy that will work for me, they the price was too, it was too, it was too high for me. And of course, now I have an abundance mindset 
But at the same time, I understand like you can have an abundance mindset, but literally if you have zero dollars in your bank account, like it, it's hard. It's hard, especially when you have a burning desire for success and you really want to change your family's life and you really want to be your family. It is hard to do when you have zero dollars in your bank account. So like I'm just speaking for any person that has that will and that mindset and they want to execute like y'all. The information is in the mastermind, literally strategy, automations, the systems like that's literally what's keeping you from success, having the right systems in place. So I know I just went longer than I even planned to go, but it's just I can't emphasize enough the power of the mastermind. Like. And, I, you know, I'm a part of multiple communities, right? And it's cool and all. But again, there is so much information within the mastermind that if you literally join and you have the right mindset and you take the right activity and you execute, you will make, you will build a six-figure business. It's literally on you if you don't. Right, man. The mastermind is powerful, man. We're not just saying that. Like, four calls a week. We can't even get to know each other. We, we're doing the main, the main idea behind a mastermind is bringing like issues to the group and working through it together and when we do that it's powerful whenever like somebody brings an issue to a group and we just get different minds like working on it like you, and the thing is you hear stuff that you never even heard before like the ideas people come up with for bundles or a different perspective a different way of doing things like wow I never even thought of that like, and it's not it might not even be your issue that being talked about somebody else has an issue and then you hear somebody else give them a solution and you're like whoa I can implement that on my side it's just it's nothing like I mean they say none of us is as smart as all of us right none of us is as smart as all of us and just that power it just like infinite power I man just we just bounce off each other and we taking we dragging each other to the to the mountaintop man. and also being part of the mastermind we bring these guest speakers like imagine trying to get these people to speak to you personally like they ain't trying to talk to you one-on-one man even whether they charge you or not like they don't have time to talk to you one-on-one you come in the group you get access to these dope speakers that are making hundreds of thousands they're on another level and they drop everything in the mastermind they hold nothing back and there's so many dope people out there I mean, our guest last night, Robert Pauly, a.k.a. The Wealthy Guy on Instagram. I know when I, I, I told Charles, like, oh, I got this guy, The Wealthy Guy, to come speak. I feel like Charles was kind of like, who? Like, <laughs> you know, I felt like he was kind of like, if you like, oh, OK, whatever you say, man. Like, But then when he came on, he started talking and he was dropping gems. It was like, whoa, he, he, he came with like bucket loads. He didn't just give a nice little talk. Like, I mean, it wasn't like this most slick presentation, but he was just giving it, giving it to us, man. Gem after gem after gem, and like everybody was like, "Wow, we appreciate you coming on, man." He just gave us so much to work on. That we gotta go back and watch recordings. That's another thing too. We have all the recordings of all the calls, from all the speakers, and all the sessions. A whole library that you go back through, man. Yeah. And then I just want my, my bad, Charles, but like I just can't emphasize this enough. Literally, the conversations we have, because I believe conversation changes compensation. Literally today, we were having, we were help, we were helping someone navigate what to do in a room full of billionaires. You're not right. having that type of conversation on your job. Like it, those conversations ain't happening on the job. Like it's not, it's not the network, bro. Like 
there and I gotta give a shout out to Michelle. Like Michelle Well, she is amazing. Literally just being in the mastermind, providing value. I've been able to connect with her and like she's been teaching me stuff, right? Like, and I think people don't even realize just the network. Like we have uh, like 10X speakers, right? We have people that have built CRM software. Like we have people that are in tech. Literally, we have a billion dollar worth of game in this mastermind. And it's called and bro, I guess for me, I just think about the price point that people are able to enter in versus the amount that they'll be able to get on the back end if they execute. It, it's insane. Literally, I don't know anywhere else you can go to get this. I don't. Right. So, guys, check out the mastermind. We will have the link in, in the show notes. Come join us, man. Get this. Get to this money. And with that, we're going to start wrapping it up. So, we thank you guys for joining us again, talking about this black wealth and building it. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tweet Talk Pod. That's Tweet Talk P-O-D. Follow myself, Raphael, at Work Money Life on Twitter. Follow Charles on Twitter at Real Todd Billion. Follow our guest, Henry Amazing, at Henry Amazing. That's amazing without the G. And follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion and also Todd Capital at Todd.Capital. And Henry on Instagram is at Henry Amazing. Pretty, yes, sir. pretty, straight, pretty straightforward. Yes, sir. You know, follow us man follow us on the journey you know for Tweet Talk episode 96 and for myself Raphael and my co-host Charles and our, our guest Henry Amazing I just want to leave you guys with one last thought Charles had a tweet he said set your sons up set your sons and your daughters up to win not to struggle Tweet Talk 96 we are out peace yeah, yeah. Yes, this is Donald, the voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast, featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag. You know what I can do. And so, without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is: head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm give you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.